Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and Instagram. The Jesus Witch Podcast is a show dedicated to opening the conversation about including Jesus in witchery practices. The goal of this podcast is to not be evangelical. The goal is to spread the love, light, truth, acceptance, and oneness that is Jesus Christ himself. Here at the Jesus Witch Podcast, we believe all people are loved by God and all people are loved by Jesus. We believe in community and the power of fellowship. We believe in giving whatever you reasonably can to help your neighbor who's in need. And above all, we believe in the power of creating a relationship with Jesus that is authentic and unique to you. Join me for new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. So this week on the Jesus Witch Podcast, we are doing another episode of the Deconstruction Diaries with somebody, if you're in the Jesus Witch Church, you will already know them. Um, But Charlie, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Hey guys, Uh, I'm Charlie. If you don't know me, I am the other half of the brain cell. Um, (laughs) um, This is true. Yeah. Um, In the Discord, I'm around... I'm the, the local IT guy. I do a lot of behind-the-scenes work, both with the podcast and other social media that Lena has, and the Discord itself. Um, I'm probably always lurking, so if you ever have questions or comments or concerns, please just let me know. I'll see them. Yes. Charlie's like, who knows how all of this stuff works? Like, I don't know what technology is. <laughs> I know how to, I half know how to press record, and that's about it. And then Charlie does, like, all the, you know, things I can't, my little, the half of the brain cell that I was gifted in life does not understand. So that's that's basically that. Um, so today we're going to talk about Charlie's uh, story with deconstruction, what brought them to the witchy world um so let's let's go off with that so like what's what's your history with religion and with like christianity specifically so i was born and raised into a southern baptist church and i say that because up until the age of probably i mean until i started kindergarten i was in church at least twice three times a week for like days like full days because my mom um she would cook for the church and she would run the 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 first church we went to had a um like a clothes closet slash like storage not storage but like uh food closet and stuff like that for people who needed it and so like she took care of all of that and so I was brought up in the church like physically in the church Um, and then as I got older, we switched churches because there was drama as, you know, there is inside, you know, churches, unfortunately. And we went to another, I think they were Baptist. I don't, I don't know if I would classify them as Southern Baptist, but we were in rural Florida. So take that as you will. And we were there till... I guess I was in middle school. I wasn't as active in that church. Well, my mom wasn't as active in that church. So ultimately I wasn't as active and I was getting older. And, you know, even then I kind of knew I didn't want anything to do with church. 
and finally there was more drama there and we just stopped going altogether. Like, uh, my older sister, for, you know, those who don't know, is in a wheelchair and there was a lot of issues there with how people viewed her and people, like, the youth group in particular, youth groups in particular, not putting their best foot forward in terms of, you know, accounting for her as a member of the church. So, basically, we stopped going, and probably for a couple years, just until about I started high school, I didn't go to church. So, good three, four years. Um, And then I was in a really dark spot in my life, um, and I went back to church, because that's kind of what I knew. And I'd kind of been drawn back, like, because of that state. And I went to, I tried a couple different churches, ended up going to a church of God um, in, <laughs> in my town, the town where I grew up. We'd kind of moved just so it was a bit of a distance, but it was worth going because it was people I knew. And um, so basically going off of that, I was part of their youth group. And my mom started going back to church with me. My sister was already off at college. So it was just me and my mom because my dad works nights and just never was home to go in the mornings. And um, that's where I had one of my first like, okay, I don't know if I believe this a moments, which I do not fault this person for what was said to me. She was, uh, she's a couple years older than me, probably at the time was maybe college or just out of college, you know, so she was a young adult. And she was one of the youth group mentors. And she basically said to me, like, because I was dealing with self-harm, I was dealing with a lot of depression. And what was said to me was that I couldn't keep asking for forgiveness for the same thing. Because it was, you know, it was just not the way to do it. And I was like, I am literally struggling here. With, at the time, I didn't view it this way, but looking back, it was an addiction. And, like, that takes effort, and it takes time to get over and get past. And I still kept going, but I was kind of disillusioned at that point, where I was like, I mean, I still try to believe this. I still believe the concepts, but I don't know. And then we moved again, because that's the story of my life. We, we moved, probably, I think that was the second or third time uh, at that point in my life. So we ended up someplace where I didn't know anybody. I didn't know people. I didn't know, I didn't have a community. Middle of nowhere. Like the church we found to go to was a almost one room church. Like the sanctuary took up. 90% of the building. There was a couple back offices and that was it. Um, and then they had a separate fellowship hall that was not much bigger. And it was another Pentecostal church. It was an assembly of God. Because that's at that point, it's kind of what I'd come to know and kind of recognize as like the way I wanted to view things. And those people were, they weren't bad. They weren't great as kind of tends to be the thing uh, with churches, as I found. 
and I basically, I tried. Uh, this was around the time that I was finally getting my GED. I, I tried going to high school again at that point, but that didn't finish out, so I took my GED. And around that time, I was also dealing with, like, gender. Like, I, I knew for a long time that I wasn't straight. I found out in a church, kind of on accident, that I was polyamorous. Uh, that was that was that was an interesting discovery in high school. Um, <laughs> it, the best part about that, I mean, like, yeah, in high school, but the best part about that is it was in a church. So yes, yes, because my my best friend at the time and I were dating, mm. and he, we we met at church because that's where we could see each other without like yeah. having to organize meeting up, and he was like, I kind of like this this girl like you know is that okay and i'm like sure and like we vague dated for like a while after that so yeah i mean my life has led some interesting turns uh in that department with churches um (laughs) considering what i do now right yeah right (laughs) um (laughs) i told that to somebody once and they're like you're such a badass i'm like i know um no i didn't say that but like (laughs) I mean, maybe. Um, But so going back to I was dealing with my gender and like trying to establish what that meant for me, which in the beginning was very loose. I was, you know, I I, I still to an extent identify as genderqueer or gender fluid. But like back then it was I was still kind of going by any pronouns. I was trying to feel out the waters. And then even as I, like, adjusted to he, they, like, they would not, like, get with that. And that had, that changed a little going, like, after I had basically, when I went to college and that was the split from the church for me. Um, My mom still went, you know, because that was her community. And that was what she had. She put every, what what time and energy she had into this church and so in college I wasn't I tried looking for groups that were you know queer friendly it didn't happen there was a couple on campus but they were they they said they were but they weren't you know and I remember that period of time because I'm pretty sure that was the period of time you and I met Charlie and I have known each other what like five years now (laughs) something like that yeah it's been a a hot minute yeah it's got to be five years because Scott's gonna be four this year yeah shit man that's a long time anyway (laughs) um but I remember that because like I was more like looking around for like queer friendly churches just like specific like denominations just because that's when I was getting really big into my cult and I was just curious as to like oh the denominations honestly scout too (laughs) so I had to know for her Charlie's my writing partner I've talked about this vaguely on here so like we were looking for scout and then I kind of realized at that point I'm like there's nothing out there there's very vaguely and that was like when what you would call 2017 so something like that yeah, yeah. So that's like still like you would feel like far enough up and I'm looking in New York right yeah and if there's not a lot in New York yeah I mean now there's definitely a lot more resources oh for sure um there's definitely like been like a rise especially because 
you know, there's like podcasts and, and, and media, like specifically made for queer Christians and devotionals and stuff. So there's definitely in the past couple of years been an uptick, but at that time, I definitely think, I definitely think COVID had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Like as as bad as that was that period of time, it came out with a lot of good for connecting with people Mm -hmm. that I don't think would have happened otherwise. No, I agree. Or it might have, but not as fast. Um, but yeah, so back then, I found like, and mind you, I am whiter than Wonder Bread, and I think the only group that I found that was like vaguely okay was a very all-black group, and I just felt awkward for different reasons. I'm like, y'all are great. I can't. <laughs> like, I think I went to one thing, or one or two things, and was like, I want to, but I can't. <laughs> like, it was, it was yikes. Um, and that was kind of when I finally broke away from religion. I hadn't, I didn't know what I believed then, but that was definitely like where that broke for me of like, there's nothing here for me, not for who I am, not for how I am. And like back in that period and it just came across my Facebook memories, I made like this note on Facebook but back when, you know, I had nowhere else to write where people would see um, that, like, this whole thing about, like, is being genderqueer, gender fluid, you know, does that have anything to do with my walk with Christ? And at the time I said no, because ultimately I don't think it does. But also looking back, none of, like, I mean, I think deep down I knew that I wasn't ever not necessarily welcomed in the church but I wasn't ever comfortable didn't matter what church I was in I was never fully comfortable there and now I'm like oh that's why (laughs) yeah which which makes sense and like segues nicely like into well I mean like it doesn't necessarily segue nicely into the second this third question but we could kind of like swap the two so it makes more sense (laughs) (laughs) I mean Um, yeah so, like, obviously, like, the church didn't feel right for you, and you're alluding to, like, now you know why it doesn't feel right for you, but, like, why is the answer to that? Like, what, what does your faith look like now, and, like, why do you feel like you never necessarily were 100% comfortable? Um, so, you and I have talked a lot about this, but uh, probably a lot of people probably don't know is that I, at this point in my life, do not work with the Abrahamic Pantheon. I acknowledge... Jesus, I acknowledge that the Abrahamic God exists, that that pantheon exists, that these people exist, people, deities, whatever you want to call them, exist. Mm -hmm. Now a quick break from this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast to talk about a few ways you can help support the show. One way you can help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast is to become a supporter of us on Patreon. On our Patreon, there are four different tiers that you can choose from, and they're all named after tarot cards. We have the Fool, the Magician, the Hierophant, and the High Priestess. In the Fool tier, you get early ad-free episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast, extended show note pages when available, Christian tarot grimoire pages, and access to our monthly community oracle reading. 
In the Hierophant tier, you get everything from the Fool tier. Tarot spreads to help your connection with Christ, Spirit, your higher self. I also like to put out new tarot spreads for each full moon or new moon, wheel of the year, holiday, and zodiac sign. In the Magician tier, you also get one Bible-based spell grimoire page each month. This teaches you how to incorporate the Bible into your own spell practice. In the Hierophant tier, you get everything from the Fool and the Magician tiers, as well as a Happy Mail package from me every single month with the ingredients to make a spell, as well as an extra Bible-based spell page for your grimoire. And then you get access to our spellcasting Zoom each month where we do the spell that I sent you together. In the High Priestess tier, you get everything from the Magician, Fool, and Hierophant tiers, as well as an extra Bible-based spell from the Sun and Moon Oily Co. in your Happy Mail package each month, and a one-on-one Zoom call with me every single month to discuss your practice, how you're growing, and any suggestions that I could give to you to help you on your path. Patreon tiers start at $6.66 per month, and you can find the link to that in the show notes page. Another way you can help support the show is by shopping at my Etsy shop, The Sun and Moon Oily Co. Over on the Sun and Moon Oily Co., I offer Bible-based spell oils, ritual bath salts, Jesus Witch or Christian Witch-specific mystery boxes, and custom spell oils. Over on my Etsy shop is where you can also book different types of readings with me. I offer tarot readings for your inner child, channel messages from Jesus or from Lilith. I also have a listing for general tarot readings. You could grab a soul contract reading between yourself and another person or yourself and a deity that you're working with or curious to work with. Or even grab an astrology reading for yourself or an astrology reading for your kiddos to help you parent them better and more effectively. There's also Jesus Witch merch on my Etsy shop and so many other things that I am planning on adding to my shop. So head over to the Sun and Moon Oily Co. to check that out. Another thing you can do to support the growth of the Jesus Witch podcast is join our Discord community. The Jesus Witch Church is our free 18-plus Discord community where we host Jesus Witch Church services and moon circles. This is your place to ask all Jesus Witch or witchy questions in general and make some really awesome friends. You can find the link to our church in the show notes page. Another free way you could support the Jesus Witch podcast is by sharing this show with a friend and rating it on whatever podcasting app you're using with five stars. Leaving us a nice review really helps get the word out about the show, and don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Another thing you could do to help the creation of the show is send a donation to the Jesus Witch Podcast via Cash App or PayPal. It takes a lot of time and effort for me to create the Jesus Witch Podcast, and getting donations helps me get the support and help that I need to be able to create this type of content for Donations also help keep this podcast free to everybody, so if you love this show and the information that's being put out there, please consider sending a donation to my PayPal or my Cash App. The username on both is the Jesus Wedge Podcast, but the link for both of those can be found in the show notes page. And the final way that you could help support the creation of the Jesus Wedge Podcast is by sending me a gift. In the show notes page, I have the link to my Amazon wish list. Everything that I put on this wish list was put there to help create content for you. Simply put, buying things off of this Amazon wishlist helps me so that I don't have to purchase them myself. So I can put more of my resources in towards making the Jesus Witch Podcast. If you would like to support the Jesus Witch Podcast by buying me a gift or in any other way, you could find all the links to everything mentioned in this ad in the show notes page. Now let's get back to the show. 
but I am not currently drawn to work with any of them. I mean, Lilith pops in every now and again to smack me upside the head, but yeah. I think that might just be a product of the people, you know, that I, that I'm close to at this point. Um, because she didn't ever like come forward, come forward. She came into my space, but I don't think she ever, I don't think she's here for me yeah. in the sense of like, she's just here to be like, Hey, you know, this is kind of, you know, course, I, I'd almost say course correcting in that, like, you know, take what you have now and, like, keep going or, like, stop being an idiot. Yeah. Um, though I will say Odin does a great job of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he does a great job of that. So I work with Odin, Hestia, and Dionysus at current. Um which the fact that Odin's can—I've got Odin's candle burning again—is surprising. Um, after it caved in the other day, um, but so now, you know, I will like—I was anointing myself with oil earlier going into this, and I still, you know, I don't do—I haven't done it in a little bit because of just the way my life has been. But I do certain things to honor my deities in oil. Mm-hmm. So I do mark the back of my neck with a cross. Like that's in um, protected by self-love. That is one that like, that is just something I have to do. Um, and, and and I think there's kind of this point of like, I may get to a point where I work with Jesus. I may not. It may just be something where I honor him and like where his role in my journey here, like, mm-hmm. what his role was. But I'm, you know, that that might yeah. be the end of it. And like working with him could almost be like ancestor work for you because of your mother's relationship with the church and with Christ. Yeah. Like honestly. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And like, I definitely know that like Hestia is very well. For for me, my gods kind of fall into mother, father, crazy uncle. Yeah, <laughs> um, th- that that is that that is the role they kind of take in my life of where Hestia is very much that motherly figure. Um, it's a lot of what I call my house husband. A lot of what my house husband duties, even though I am single as they come. Uh, but yeah, well, <laughs> technically you have four <laughs> spouses. So yeah, yeah, that that's. <laughs> for those who don't know uh yeah uh somehow have ended up in vague relationships with four other people uh and three of the four of them are already married to people <laughs> two uh, of them are married to each other yes yes <laughs> I, I am i am the semi-unofficial third to lena and her husband's relationship Let's be so honest i probably would have killed jack if i by then now if i couldn't go back to me <laughs> I mean, listen. Let's be real. Pray for that man. Anyway. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> um, but so I, a lot of like the housework and stuff I dedicate to her, maybe not necessarily consciously, but you know, um, I, I do it like that's kind of my thing. If I'm cooking, if I'm cleaning, if I'm doing anything like that, it is dedicated to her. A lot of my home comforts and like healing from like, a lot of trauma uh, in my past related to the home uh, that has been exasperated recently. Uh, Saturn and Pisces. 
Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Saturn Return and everything getting turned on its head. Um, Mine is but, next. I'm not looking forward to that. No. No. I, I can't imagine you are. Um, but, so, that's a lot of my home duties and, like, healing kind of the relationship with my mother that I didn't get to heal uh, because of when, she, when and how she passed and the circumstances that was our relationship at that time. Um, and then Odin stepped in obnoxiously and I still missed it. Oh my gosh. Uh, if no one has heard this story, uh, I basically ignored Odin for like a month because I didn't realize it was him because despite the signs being obvious, I'm just dense. Uh, (laughs) I would, pull tarot cards before I would go to bowling. So that was like the one time a week I left my house basically. And for like a week or something, maybe longer, I had the um, magician just sat on top of my computer. Oh wow. Didn't think anything of it. Uh, sometime in that following week or something, or the, the period following that, I had a dream that was like a combination, and it, all it was was someone taking off their hood and it revealing like an older one-eyed man. And oh, wow. I, like in the dream, the only thing I like acknowledge outside of that was this is the Allfather. This is Odin. Mm-hmm. That's what that dream was. And I still didn't do anything about it because I don't know. I'm just dense, apparently. Um, and then after that, I don't remember what I was doing, but I ended up like realizing, wait, maybe that was Odin. (laughs) And so I started doing research and I came across a podcast, the name of which I cannot remember for the life of me. They had a podcast episode on Odin and it, one of his names was Magician. They they call him Magician. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, okay. So yeah. That that's oh. he was he was obnoxious that's... Uh, for a while until I figured it out. And for me, a lot of that is hard is focusing on like myself and like getting myself put together, which mm-hmm. you know that was kind of the you know turning point, so to speak, with me and you in terms of the podcast because I was like, hey, you know, let me start doing this stuff for you. If you, yeah. if you guys don't know, I uh, do the transcripts for the podcast. So if you're part of the Mercury tier or higher on Patreon, you get access to those, including all of my offhanded comments yes. and the footnotes. Yes. People seem to love. <laughs> um, They're my favorite. I like watch as you do them in real time. <laughs> it's so happy. Um, <laughs> Which of a call. And then Charlie also like organizes the Patreon and does like all the things that like I just cannot <laughs> yeah uh if if you weren't in the discord before i uh joined it, it was You're a welcome. mess it was bad it, it, it was it was a mess so i came a in bunch of things and was like okay we're we're changing this i mean like fucking look at our discord it's just like boo, boo, boo. it's it's cool. yes uh-huh. i i very much like my things organized um but so it was me being like, okay, I want to do this, 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 and this. And like basically setting up for my Saturn return to come through. Mm-hmm. And that that was his role in 
kind of preparing me to move forward. And I don't think I knew it at the time that I would possibly lose my father as a figure in my life at that time. But as of recent events, I kind of have. Uh, but I have Odin, and he's stuck with me for this whole thing, which has been really comforting. Um, and then Dionysus, as I call him, uh, I call him Dio, which, like, if you've ever seen me type it in the Discord, it is said that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I can't stop calling him that, and he hasn't basically told me to stop otherwise, so. It works for me because I literally cannot spell Dionysus. So. <laughs> But um, uh, he stepped in kind of, I think he'd been lurking not quite as long as Hestia had, because Hestia found me back, oh gosh, whenever I started Adeline as a character, is roughly oh, when Hestia popped ago. up. Yeah, I mean, it's longer than I've known you. Yeah. I- I've had Adeline. Um, so that's when Hestia started popping up, and we'll get more into that. Uh, as we kind of move forward uh but Dionysus probably popped up a couple like at the year before like in 2020 um and I didn't realize it and then he kind of like waited I think he waited it out maybe maybe not 2020 but like slightly before or just after I joined the church mm-hmm. in the discord uh, I think it's probably when he started popping up and then Kind of from that, um, he became more prominent and a little more loud. And for me, <clears throat> his, he's kind of my reminder to be like, take time for yourself. You know, and like, I think eventually we'll get to working through the religious trauma. Yeah. We'll get there. But like, I've got so much other trauma to work through first. He's just there to remind me that it's okay. To, like, take time and, like, have fun. And, like, you know, I'm still in my 20s, you know? <laughs> kind of that reminder that, like, yes, you're getting your shit together. Well, even now, go- like, apparently your 30s are your new 20s, so. Yeah. No. I mean, especially when you're queer and don't come out till you're in your, you know, late teens, early 20s, as is. But, um... <laughs> So he's he's definitely kind of my hype man, so to speak, and um, which is great, you know. It, you need you need one, but it is definitely a change. And like slowly coming out of that closet uh, is currently a very interesting experience because I forgot to tell my sister. And <laughs> I was in a witchcraft closet, <laughs> like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, I forgot to tell my sister. I talked about it with my brother-in-law and that he didn't tell her. You know, he's not gonna, he's not the type. But I was talking with a family friend and basically uh, I had brought it up, you know, that I wasn't Christian anymore. That I was, I had different beliefs and apparently they had told my sister. Which, like, I don't mind, but it was just, like, we still haven't had that conversation either. So we haven't actually talked about that, her and I, but it's kind of just been this, well, that's what it is kind of situation. And, like, um, but it's, it's definitely, I feel more at home in it, like, which is strange to me. But at the same time, 
I come from Swedish background, so, like, working with Odin makes so much sense to me. And, like, I... Pulling runes makes infinitely more sense to me than pulling I was literally about to say, (laughs) you with runes kind of proves that, like, you're supposed to be working with Norse deities. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like... I mean, you should you should see the poll that I did uh, as we were getting started because it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so you know, at this point in my life, I'm like, okay, so this is where I'm at. You know, if more deities come in, more deities come in. If not, I'm happy with my three, and kind of just moving forward and figuring out what works there, and like continuing this path of okay, so now that I'm here, what do I do next? So I'm curious, like, we, we learned a little bit more about, like, what your faith looks like now and, like, your history, but what, like, um, what did your deconstruction journey look like? And were, like, there specific resources that helped you out or, like, specific things that um, helped you get to the point where you are now? So for me, deconstruction was a lot of solo work in that, like, I had to start recognizing patterns in my writing, because uh, for anyone who knows me, and Lena and I vaguely talked about this, about, you know, writing together, but I work out a lot of what's going on in my life through my characters and through these, you know, people that exist somewhere in my brain, um, <laughs> which is a whole different story. But I, looking back, I have characters and a lot of them started changing in terms of like what they believed and 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 i've noticed looking back at them that they changed faiths as i did because for a long time they were either christian that were struggling to be christian there was a period of like agnostic you know you know not quite atheist but like definitely not christian beliefs and then the pagans started popping up over and over and over again. And the first of those was, of course, Adeline, who is a sweet little bean uh, who deserves the world. But she she wasn't, at, at that point in time, and I don't even think now, had a deity that she worked with or anything like that. But I was getting posts about Hestia over and over again with her. And I didn't really clock it then at all, you know, because I was still in that process of not really knowing what I believed and didn't think to look outside, you know, you know, Christianity and your big three. So, you know, because I knew the other two didn't call to me. So I was like, you know, I don't know how to move past this, so to speak. And then I don't know if I joined the church before or after I created Franny. But I think I created Franny and like started working with figuring out what she believes and who she works with first. And then I joined the church. And because on a whim, you know, because Lena and I had, you know, we'd lost contact during COVID and all of that just because we were both on two wildly different life paths at that point. Um, and um, I had randomly checked Lena's social media. I think I checked her Instagram and like saw what had changed on it. And I was like, 
okay. And so I listened to an episode or two of the podcast and then joined the Discord. And it's kind of all history from there, so to speak. Um, Because what happened was I started realizing, okay, like, this is what this is. Like, Hestia has literally been reaching out to me for years. And she was my first kind of foray into the idea of not working solely with the Abrahamic Pantheon. And then Lilith popped up, and I think, ultimately, I think Lilith popping up was part of me realizing that I wasn't going to be working with Jesus. Because originally, I had this belief that, like, Hestia was just there to move me towards working with Jesus again. Or really at all. Uh, because looking back, there was no relationship there. You know, you want to say that there was, but there wasn't. You know, that wasn't who I was. And what I what I find interesting is looking back, my mom and I had a, this conversation when I was 19 or so. About, I think it was about the time that I came out. We had this conversation about if I still believed in God, like the Abrahamic God. And I think even then I was kind of like, yes, but no. And I didn't really want to tell her that because, again, she was very big in the church. And so, like, for me, it's like, okay, like, this has been building for a really long time. And I think Lilith coming and going was like, okay, so, like, Hestia is here. Hestia is staying, you know. And the more the church has evolved, the more I've realized that I don't have to. Like, I don't have to work with the Abrahamic Pantheon. And I don't, like, I can honor these things and their place in my life, but I don't have to keep them. And so, like, that was a big thing for me of realizing, you know, I don't need to, like, go towards the same path that I thought I was on like that's not the path I was actually on it was the one I was like pretending to walk because that's what I believed I had to and so it was a lot of realizing and letting go of these mentalities of you know I have to believe this and I have to be this kind of way and honestly, like, I don't think there was ever, like, one resource that was, like, yes, this is, like, something that's good. It was honestly just the Discord and the church and, like, you know, being able to, like, see other people going through such similar but different things and realizing that, you know, that it was okay. Because a lot of my mentality has always been, well... It's it's the mentality, it's the depression mentality, really, of I'm the only one who feels like this. Um, and having that open resource of people, of community, which I longed for, I think, more than anything with churches, is like, that's why I was there. You know, it's that mentality of like, I was looking for communities because I was, you know, I was a loner. I was someone who, you know, and I think I was more there because I wanted that community and I wanted to fit in and so like my brain was like well this is what they believe this is what you've been led to believe 
do it and then I'm you know now I'm just like no that that is not ever who I was yeah in, in a sense of like beliefs I wanted to believe it and I did like I remember being oh gosh I was elementary school age middle school something like that and getting quote-unquote saved and looking back I wasn't doing it because I felt something Mm -hmm. I was doing it because it felt like it was required of me because like at that point both of my parents were active members of the church um so it had to have been prior to the fourth grade so I was yeah I was I was elementary school age yeah but my dad because my dad worked with the youth group Mm -hmm. and he didn't do that after we after he started working for Disney so that's how young I was of like it wasn't I feel something it was I this is what everyone else is doing yeah this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing and supposed to be feeling and a lot of like my church experiences are that this kind of wanting to fit in and doing what I feel is what like what other people want of me versus Mm -hmm. like actually feeling that way and like I think that's where like the relief and the freedom of realizing that like I don't have to work with the Abrahamic Pantheon has done wonders for just my whole journey in general it's like that one realization was like oh and then the door got blown off you know Mm -hmm. I was like okay this feels more comfortable this is definitely where I want to be and how I want to be doing it but yeah I don't think there was any like one resource it was just the community of the discord and like because admittedly (laughs) I have listened to very little of the podcast I haven't transcribed (laughs) yeah (laughs) like (laughs) honestly fair enough because I feel like you and I are close enough at this point that if you're listening to me talk (laughs) for fun it's like, um, it's like, I can just call you for that. Yeah, literally, you can talk for fun enough. I lit like the voice memos where I'm like screaming at you. You get enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, and like, I think, but like, it was that realization that, like, ultimately, what you're offering with the podcast doesn't necessarily apply yeah. to, and like, coming to that realization of like, yeah, I still have a lot of like, mentalities and like viewpoints that need like working dealing with but ultimately like being able to step outside that box of like you know this is what needs to be done how Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be has helped so much with just being able to accept where I am now yeah I also think at like some point you can very much believe in Christian values like you know being kind to people giving to people you know like helping your neighbor like those like legit like Christian values that Jesus talks about kind of Christian values and not believe in you know the Abrahamic pantheon I feel like that's where like my husband is where he like he believes in the principles, he believes in the foundation, but he doesn't believe, like, I was explaining to him the story of Adam and Eve last night, and he's like, what kind of crack was somebody on who wrote this? I'm like, you know, Jack, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but. I think that a lot of creation stories are like, who came up with, like, where, where, what were they on? 
you know because yeah. you figure the norse creation story is like ymir already existed like the frost giants already existed somehow mm-hmm. and odin vili and villa i think is the second one because it's the two v's and then there's odin and i'm like single child twins but oddly yeah. enough in a in, they never get mentioned again his his siblings never get mentioned or his brothers i think they are they never get mentioned again that i that I, as far as i know so there are some stories where it's just odin but essentially they kill ymir and use his bones his blood his body to create the world Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no. Listen, <laughs> nobody's got room to judge Adam and Eve anymore because <laughs> it, <it's laughs> they seem tame. <laughs> um, and, and then from that, you know, there's the first humans, and mm-hmm. they're given the breath of life from Odin, and that's why he's called the All Father. It's because he's essentially the one who gave life to yeah, you know, humanity. Um. So, like, you know, they're, they're all a little... They're all a little crazy. It. I do love the imagery, though, of, like, and then this is also, this is, like, in Norse creationism and, like, obviously in Christian crea- creationism where, like, the god gives the breath to the of life to the human. Yeah. I love that imagery so much. Yes. I feel like it's so woo, but in, like, the best way. <laughs> oh, no, completely. Like, and I definitely need to get more into, like, like, Norse Norse mythology and like how all of that works, but like I've had enough going on, you know. Yeah, so I have life is we we it's a journey. You don't got to get to the destination all at once. No, get there eventually. Um, yeah, basically, which is kind of what I'm telling myself with my poetry YouTube, which I told Odin I do. Um, (laughs) we're getting there. It's just YouTube's also scary. Okay. And, like, my thing is that, like, especially now, I don't have someplace I can record videos for YouTube to be nice. Yeah. So I'm, like, waiting on that, so to speak. Yeah. But, you know, Odin puts me to work in other ways with creativity. He's like, fine, we'll do other things. (laughs) Which is fine, you know. Which, that reminds me that I have to put a backing on his tapestry. Oh, yeah, that big-ass thing that you were Mm -hmm. making. Yeah. Yeah, I have to yeah. put a uh, backing on it so that I can do something with it. <laughs> All the, the, I was going to say Charlie knits, but you don't knit, you crochet. Yes. <laughs> I learned this on live one time because I was like, Charlie knitted this for me. And somebody's like, no, that's not knit. That's clearly no. not knit. <laughs> no. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> They're different. <laughs> It was that was the time I actually learned that they're two different things. Oh yeah, I thought that crocheting was just another word for knit. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, sometimes I really wonder about myself. You know, <laughs> I'm sure poor Charlie does too. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you have any final advice for people who are like deconstructing or starting on this path? Definitely, and I mean, I I feel like this is kind of the overarching thing with anything, is that, you know, the idea of take what resonates, leave what doesn't, because that is so important, and, like, looking back, if I had had that mentality much earlier in life, 
I don't think I'd have gone back to Christianity as many times as I tried to. Um, Because it just, it didn't resonate. It really did not. And I didn't see that. Like, I was just so determined to, you know, be and believe these things that I was given. And it just did not work, you know. And, And just give yourself a lot of grace because that is so important and like your views are going to change Mm -hmm. you know you know you may walk away from something that you held on to so firmly that you didn't realize what you were missing because you were holding on to it and you know and you know the mentality of you're not alone you know, find a community, you know, hopefully, you know, we want to say, you know, join our discord, you know, and like, please do it if that's what calls to you. But at the same time, find a community of people who can help you, who believe what you do and hold on to that loosely. You know, I think there's a point of like, you do realize if you don't belong in a space, you don't belong in a space. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think a lot of people You could always like belong in a space for a little bit of time and then not belong there anymore. And it's not like because like the space has changed or anything. It's because you as a person have changed and you've grown and your beliefs have grown. So it's time for you to move on. Yeah, no, so, like, exactly. Yeah, we've seen that a few times with like oh, yeah. church that have like come in and they've been active for a really long time and then they'll like leave because they're like, I don't really believe this anymore. I'm gonna go do yeah. something else. And it's like cool, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, and I think I think sometimes people don't realize that of mm-hmm. like you can You're allowed to grow as a person. Like you're allowed to get up from that. the table. Yeah. And if people get offended by that, then they're not like your people. I don't like say goodbye, good luck. That's like sarcastic. It's like, no, legit, do what works for you. Like, yeah, you know, you know, and, you know, I think sometimes people, the idea of you're allowed to get up from the table, you know, because I think a lot of people don't realize because of the way Christianity is and the, you have to be here and do this and do this and do this mentality that is in these churches where if you're not here you don't exist to some of these people and that sucks that is a hard mentality to hold on to um but a lot of people do it because it's what they know and i think people don't realize that like yeah it's okay to be like i don't belong here anymore or even to say, I don't resonate with these beliefs. I don't have to hold them. Because I think a lot of us do that too. And that's a big part of deconstruction is realizing what you're still holding on to that you shouldn't be. And community is really good at helping you realize that. Whether like them, it's them physically telling you, hey, you don't have to believe this. You don't have to think this way. Or just seeing other people drop it makes you realize oh why am i still holding on to this um but yeah definitely and just do your research and um for me that's a lot of deep diving google you know and finding resources and finding you know and i, and I do this for other people in the church they'll see it sometimes you know if somebody asks a question 
I will go find that answer because a lot of the times what you're looking for is not going to be a simple question plugged into Google. You're going to have to take one result and go, okay, so that's what this is. Plug this secondary question into Google and follow that lead and then so on and so forth. And, you know, some people don't have, don't realize that that's how you do that kind of research. Um, and then some people just don't have the time or, you know, they would rather somebody else do, do it for them. And that's okay. I think, you know, that's what community's for and, in you know, to help people and have that, you know, ability to be like, I don't know the answer to this. Does somebody else have it? But yeah, no, I, I like agree with you in the sense that like community is really important and like finding places that you can get your questions answered and also like doing the research to answer them for yourself, you know, because ultimately like somebody could find an answer for you and like, you know, you could listen to like a podcast about a certain thing and like not really agree with it. Obviously, if it's facts, it's facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You can't argue with that. But, but you know, know, given given what we're talking about, yeah facts are a little i think the only like facts are like the lore that like you know like certain like you know what i'm saying like creationism stories and just like as an example there like it clearly states in the bible how it happened you know you can't say that in the bible it happened a different way because in the bible it happened yes you know what i'm saying like that's what i mean by like facts like these are well-established belief systems we're not gonna like say that you know we're not gonna try to make a new adam and eve story here that's not our goal but the, my point being, when it comes to, like, opinion and, like, faith-based things and, like, feelings, like, yeah. you need to, like, like Charlie says, you need to take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and kind of um, figure out for yourself what you're actually going to believe and what you're, what you're not. Yeah, for sure. And that, even with, you know, getting out, going outside of Christianity, with creation stories from other uh, pantheons and lords you do have to look at multiple sources and kind of find what vibes because there are thousands of stories that are all minutely different. And, you know, like my friend and I were talking about Dionysus and how he has so many different versions of his stories. And, you know, there are certain things that, yeah, this is what everyone believes, but within those stories, there's cha- you know there's changes and like you can get he has like three or four different like cre- like how he came to be stories basically and it's just like okay you know you kind of have to you know go through it and be like this is the part of this god or this deity that i am connecting with and go from there and it will take research you know and but and again a lot of that is feeling too of realizing that you know what you're getting and the vibes and and the feelings that you get you know what does that mesh with in terms of what you found out you know so definitely do your research you know be open to new ideas and new takes on the same thing um or not new but different different takes on the same thing and you know, ultimately, you know, take what works, leave what doesn't, but do so respectfully. Because I think that's where some people miss the mark, is they kind of say, okay, that doesn't work for me, so it has to be wrong. 
or I don't mesh with this, so that just doesn't exist. It's like, no, you know, and this is something that I got from somebody else. If it's the idea of, you know, if we, if you're, if you're going to believe in a deity or a set of deities that have been alive for thousands of years, you know, since the beginning of time or whatever, those stories took place in a certain time and you have to acknowledge that they happened somehow or some way, but who that deed, like that is on that deity, you know, how they come away from that is on them. And I think the big one I saw was Hades and Persephone of like their story gets romanced or romanticized so much, but it, it, it it wasn't. He... It's there's literally nowhere in any like ancient Greek artifacts or like writings or anything that suggests this was a romantic and willing situation. No. Like I understand, like now you know, like they've been together for a really long time. Yeah, probably I've... a different story, and you know, Persephone... and worked past all of that. Yeah, but it but did happen. It did happen. You know, it makes for good fiction, but not so much for mm-hmm. good following. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a big thing is you have to realize what has been romanticized. How did it actually, you know, quote unquote, how did it actually happen? Especially mm-hmm. with Greek and Norse and stuff. There's questionable. Oh, yeah. There's like a lot of world tradition. Yeah. Like, uh, like Medusa's whole story. That yes. was not how Medusa came to be. But it's, I feel like it's recognized now in modern mythology, just like Lilith's modern mythology. Because it's very empowering and a lot of people resonate. Yeah. However there's a difference yeah and like going off of medusa's thing because i'm fascinated story and i don't know all of it but there is the take that what happened to her wasn't fully a punishment because Mm -hmm. there is a version of the story where she is a follower of athena and she's assaulted in the temple and athena can only do so much because it was a follower of Poseidon. she can't black you know and it was in her temple you know so she has to do something and ultimately you know i like that telling of it but i don't know enough of that story to yeah. say that's, that's what it actually where means. like the the modern lore was driven yeah. from um yeah which makes sense yeah but it, you know it's it, it's a concept of i do think there are figures in this and deities that got mistreated and the new telling of their mythology is a better representation. And I think Loki is a, another good example of that. Mm-hmm. Loki has been villainized so often. He is, <clears throat> they, they are a person protecting their children who has, who has been betrayed by their blood brother because he chose to attack his children, chain them up. You know, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed too. I'm gonna be yeah. real honest. Like, if I was Loki, and like, yes, he is a trickster, and you know, they are the kind of deity who can cause problems. But so does Zeus every other day. You know, like, you know. I mean, like, uh, let's be so for real. The Abrahamic God let the adversary fuck with Job for fun. Yeah. So, like. Mm-hmm. Does does that make does that make the Abrahamic God any better? 
Like, I mean, Abraham and God basically said, screw everyone, I'm start except for this select group of people, yeah. I'm starting over. He, like, um, oh, fuck it, he committed genocide! I'm a whole yeah. world! Yeah, what and I'm like, like, okay. Still love him, though. Still love him, though. So we, he and I so cool. <laughs> and I, just, I can call out the bullshit a little bit, you know? No, no, but, like, it's that same thing of, like, all of these deities have things that they've done that yeah. aren't great. No, it's, yeah. I love when the Abraham and God get singled out for that because it's like, hmm, you pagans, think about who you worship and their lore. Nobody's better. <laughs> no, like, no, not at all. I mean, I, and, and like, and that is, but I, and again, I think that's something that people have that disrespectful mentality of. Yeah. And like, I, I'm, I'm no better. I, there are certain sects and, uh, branches of christianity and christianity as a whole that i yeah judge it's, harder than others it's, it's um, trauma you yeah. know that's what a lot of it's rooted in so yeah. and and just you know and like you know some of it is just like not knowing where a lot of that comes from and like it's a, it's an internal it's an internalized belief that comes from how the fact none of the like sects of christianity actually get along yeah (laughs) and yeah i find that to be like real interesting like you're literally a religion that's main deity jesus is love your neighbor and the you can't they can't even love each other fuck the catholics the catholics are like the evangelicals are crazy the protestants hate that every like yeah how how is this any sort of like what jesus wanted for like the words in red are pretty clear everything else might be a little wonky but the words in red are pretty clear yeah (laughs) and still we have these problems uh that that's human nature though i will say that is a lot of human nature and kind of and and, you know I, i think where other people kind of romanticize other like like the pagan pantheons christians don't necessarily um romanticize but weaponize yeah what they view and how they view it and it's like you don't see any other denomination of like or not denomination any other religion for the most part like i could be totally wrong but like i personally have not seen another religion that evangelizes and tries to get members as much as I've seen Christians. Jews do not do that. That's like no. literally against Jewish tradition. Yeah. Muslim people, I have never heard of Muslim people doing like that kind of outreach. I know that there's like a lot of prison programs with Muslim people, but that's like but about that's... it. I and like I think so with, different. But there's that there's a lot of main your big three religions, except for I don't know about Judaism. But Christianity and Islam are very much in the prison system. Yeah. Judy, well, Judaism does not evangelize at no. all. They're not there's, big in, like, If the you want to, well, because, like, it requires conversion. Like, it's, it's, there's it, a whole process. It requires conversion. It's months of conversion. Yeah. It's, you have to pay specific dues. Like, you literally have to buy into this, like, religion because they need to know that you're serious yeah. like if you think about it like jews have been so oppressed so many times throughout history that it makes so much fucking sense that they vet people hard yeah. to get into their religion yeah 
Like, then you have to do a mikvah. You, if you're a guy and you're uncircumcised, even as an adult, you got to go get circumcised. Which, yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, no, but... No. And, like... And that's kind of, like, this thing of, like... And, and you know, you know, there's the whole stereotype of Islamic terrorism. But at the same time, Christians are just as there's a whole like Christians are homegrown whole... terrorists. Like let's be so fucking well, real. that, but like there's a history and a half of Christians and Christianity spilling blood mm-hmm. for their religion. Mm-hmm. Like the religion was started because a dude died. Like think about it. Yeah, like. He, Mm, you've got a martyr like it starts with a martyr but like how are we here now (laughs) yeah like that's that's like literally the point there just it goes you know i i like that point though that like everybody's the same we are all people yeah we all suck yeah no seriously and you know it takes a lot of different deconstruction i think to realize where you have your faults mm-hmm. and where your views and how you view them are very not great. Yeah. I think that's applicable to so much more than just religion. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So that, I I think that's a good place to, to end with everybody fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, if they haven't met us already, I don't know what to tell them. I'm sorry if you're just know, now man. listening in on this. Uh, just wish me, like, because we're recording this way early. But this will go up the day before my birthday, so. Happy birthday, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I said it first in July. <laughs> yep. And then other people will hear it in August. And then it'll go up the first monday in september on for everyone else Dreamings. Yes. yeah so besides the the church is there any social medias that we're shouting out for you um so i have my main instagram which is catman's bubble that's spelled with a k and two t's uh like batman but again with a k and an extra t yeah uh bubble it's all one word uh then there's witchy charlie moon which is my witchy instagram i haven't done a whole lot there um i will eventually it's just a whole process um i don't know if uh, i mean i think the only other place you can find me on the internet actively uh would be twitch and sort of maybe going to start streaming there we'll watch we'll see this in you know, I'm, see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, but that that's under if you if you know my Discord URL, it's the same. It's Dark Master Cat uh, because I've just. Not gonna talk about. I still think it's Dank Master Cat. Okay, like. I'm sorry. I'm not a years. <laughs> and I knew that about you too, but I still thought it was Dank Master Cat because <laughs> i'm that much of a stoner anyway but yeah that's uh dark master cat uh at twitch it's twitch.tv slash dark master cat um i'm hoping to do a lot more streaming there uh as i kind of figure out my work life and 
you know, what I can do in that regard. Yeah. All righty then. So, yeah, that's me. That's that. (laughs) All right then. Thank you, Charlie, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. For Um, sure. Yeah. All right. I'm going to end this now.